1: Man, I'm expected, and I don't think I'm the only one. I believe Jesus, even right now, is going to heal people and set people free right now. Right now, right before we start anything, God is about to heal some people. If you've got pain in your body, I woke up with some pain. I never have pain in my knees. I didn't. If you've got pain in your knees, pain in your joints, pain in your shoulders, anywhere you've got pain, I want you to lift your hand and believe right now that in the name of Jesus, in every knee, including sickness, including pain, you don't have to walk into 2023 with the same pain that's been over your life. Father, I thank you right now. If you're standing next to someone that's got their hand up and you don't, put your hand on and begin praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind and we break pain, infirmity, sickness, every diagnosis that's been cast over people's lives, whatever script has been put over them, we command it to be reversed now in the name of Jesus. We put to death the things of the devil and Father, we declare life, we declare healing from the top of people's heads to the bottom of their feet, just receive it right now. Just say, thank you, God, I am healed. Thank you, God, I am healed. Right now, I see knees, knees being healed, AC joints being healed. As soon as you begin to feel God, I want you to move that part of your body in faith that he has healed you. Father, I thank you that where there have been night terrors, where people have been tormented over this year, where people have been in depression or anxiety and have had a cloud over their head, right now in the name of Jesus, we bind and we break you, devil. We command you, get out of this room, get out of the people of God that are online. Father, we thank you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is... Freedom, we command joy to be restored. We command peace to be restored. Come on, if you're believing for some joy and some peace, we command prodigals to come back home. We command the old to die. We step in to the new where there's been addiction. I see people, you got into the tub tonight with some addiction, you thought you'd never leave in the name of Jesus. That thing is dead, that thing is gone. I don't care how long you've had it, Jesus has buried it with himself, and he says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. You are set free. Indeed, it is finished. Come on, if you believe that, shout amen one time like you do. You all feel that? God's going to do some things and already has tonight. This is Shredder service. We always do this the last service of the year. It just happens to be on a Wednesday this year with baptisms. I don't think that's a accident. We have people bearing the old and then stepping into the new. And just because they did it in a tank doesn't mean you can't do it tonight with these cars, with these shredders, with your life. So as we begin to share, as we begin to go into this Tonight, you've already probably had God speaking to you, even leading up to today, about what he wants you to leave behind. What's the old that you need to let go of? And I want you just to begin writing as you sit down and as we get into this service, what am I meant to leave behind? And, and what am I believing for God to break off of me? I don't just wanna do it in the natural. I wanna see God break off some things that have been carried on through my generation. I don't wanna walk with the same stuff my dad did. I don't wanna walk with the same stuff my mom did. I wanna see a new thing done in my life. So it's not just bills, it's everything, it's diagnosis, it's words that were spoken over you, it's stuff that you said about yourself. It's stuff that you said about yourself today. That God's like, it's done. If it's not in my word, it's not in your life. If it's not in my word, it's not in your life anymore. Amen? Okay, why don't you high five three people and say, I'm ready tonight. Worship team, you're incredible, thank you. How many are grateful for our pastors? Come on, Pastor Matt, Michaela, Pastor Samuel and Katie. And come on, most of all, Pastor, you're gonna land. Come on, one more time, can we honor them? What a year 2022 was because of the courage and the strength and the leadership of our pastors. They're actually in Salt Lake City right now. Uh, they just probably finished up a service out there. Maybe they're still going. Um, and, uh, and I'm thankful for them and I'm thankful to have this opportunity to, to be here. And I know this is one of the most significant moments, significant services of our entire year is this moment. And so I don't take that lightly to be here. Uh, and you know, going into 2023, being that Vision Sunday is is this Sunday. Um it's, it's, it's a really interesting thing. You start to reflect on the old. right? You start to reflect on what was 2022, what was good, what could be different, and, and what's new. And The thing I kept feeling for myself as I was processing this with my beautiful wife and as we were thinking about what do we want to see God do in 2023, the, the word more kept coming to mind. It was like, yeah, God, I want to see you do more. I want to I have a larger capacity. I want, I want you to do more. How many want God to do more? more in your life in 2023 yeah yeah more more is good right 10x right 10, i want more god do more and it was about a month ago a month and a half ago there were a few of us in a room and pastor Jurgen land and we were asking you know them questions about this more about how do we get more how do we how do we live in the more that god has for us and i love pastor your land because they never just they'll never just outright like make you look like yeah you know, you know an idiot but they'll they'll help guide you and and lead you to what the scriptures say because more wasn't necessarily like I wasn't in my Bible and read, and then God, you know, wanted more. I just thought, I want more. <laughs> I want more for my marriage. I want more for my relationship. With God. I want more for my family. I want more for my finance. I want more for my ministry. And, and, and Pastor e. Lance said, it's actually less about more and it's more about new. They said, don't try and chase more because that gets pretty heavy. But the Bible says that, behold, Isaiah 43, 19 says, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I found there are moments when God is doing something new in my life and I don't even know it and I'm not even prepared to receive it. I will make even a road in the wilderness, I will make rivers in the desert meaning where things have been dry in 2022, where things have been dead looking in 2022, where it looks like it's not coming back in 2022. God is about to make a river. He is about to spring forth new in 2023. So the question tonight is, what is the new that God is wanting to do in you? I don't rap, but that might've worked in 2022, what is the new that God is wanting to do in you in 2022? Wow, I didn't even write that down, it's amazing. What's the new, what's the new in your business? What's the new in your finances? What's the new in your school? What's the new in your friendships? What's the new in your family? What's the new in your relationship with God? What's the new? And as you think of the new, for there to be new, there has to be an old. So what's that old thing? What's that old mindset? What's that old value? What's that old relationship? What's that old way of thinking? What's that old version of yourself that it's time to let go of? It's time to leave behind in 2022 going into 2023. I love Jesus even talks about new. Matthew 9, 16 to 17 says this, no one puts a piece of unstruck cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment the tear is made worse. Now, I don't sew, so I don't really fully get that one, but he goes on to say, I do get this one, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break. The wine is spoiled, spilled, and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. You see, I found that I've been chasing and I wanna chase the new thing. I wanna chase the blessing, I wanna chase the new relation, I wanna chase that new thing, but God is actually the one that brings the new. But he's put me and you in control of one thing, build the wineskin. He says, if the wineskin's new, if the mindset's new, if the beliefs are new, if the values are new, if my way of showing up in a relationship is new, if my way of showing up and thinking about God and thinking about the church and thinking about my wife and thinking about my family, if that's new, then he can do a new thing. But if it's old, he can pour out all the new and it's gonna slide right through our fingers. Now, it doesn't sound good in a song. That's why they said, bring new wine out of me in new wine. That was like the new oceans for all of y'all that maybe missed that a couple years ago. It's actually supposed to be Jesus making new wineskin out of me, but that that doesn't sound so good, as you can tell. So the question is not only what's the new wine I'm expecting, not only what is the old, but what is the new version of myself that is required for me to step into 2023 and all that God wants to do in our lives. So the title of this message tonight is Me 2.0. Me 2.0. So the scripture we're gonna anchor into is Philippians 3:13 and 14. It's actually on your shredder card, funny enough. I wrote this message before. I saw the shredder card, so that's pretty cool. But it's a pretty standard one for this kind of shredder service. So Philippians three thirteen and 14 says this, brethren, this is Paul talking, same guy who used to kill Christians. I do not count myself to have apprehended. In other words, I don't say that I've made it. I haven't arrived. I haven't, you know, I haven't reached the end, but one thing I do, and this is Paul, the guy who wrote half the New Testament saying one thing I do. If someone really wealthy and you want to be wealthy is in the room, and they say this one thing I do, you better listen. If someone who has an amazing marriage, like Pastor Samuel and Katie do, and they say, hey, this one thing I do, and you get to be around them when they say that, lean in. If you get a chance to be, and we get to hear it all the time from Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, hey, who have the greatest relationship with God and can hear him clearly and activate and preach, and they say, this one thing I do, you listen clearly. So when Paul the Apostle starts saying, this one thing I do, we pay attention. He said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. You see, new wineskins is not about what we do. It's about who we are. It's about who we are. It's our identity. It's our habits. It's our mindsets. It's our how we show up in relationships. You see, Paul had to be an expert at that. You see, Paul didn't just need a new assignment. His name was Saul. He didn't just need a new assignment of, okay, now I know you've been, you know, the religious leader that goes around and, you know, puts Christians in jail and stones them and does all that. Now now you're just gonna be an apostle. He didn't just need a, an, a, a job change. He needed an identity change. He needed to go from Saul, who kills Christians, to Paul, the one who wrote half the New Testament and is the, a, a big reason that the Gentiles were even reached, if you're not Jewish, that's the rest of y'all. I would say me, but I'm not, I'm Jewish. It was reached beforehand, yeah. It's a joke. It's not that funny, I guess. Maybe the reason, though, that we haven't received the new wine we've been praying for, that new promotion, that new breakthrough, that thing in our marriage, is because we haven't been ready to receive we haven't changed our identity. We've been so focused on the thing that God's like, just change your mind about this. Would you just change the way you think? Would you just change the way you see? Would you just do what you can do and I'll do what you can't do? Now, the good news is as we grow and develop in our identity, intimacy, and authority in God, we'll actually grow in God's capacity to use us. So looking at Philippians 3:13 14, here is Paul's three-step process to building the you and me 2.0. First step, commit to the upward call. Commit to the upward call. We're going backwards, so we're actually not starting with the first thing he said, we're starting with the last thing he said. Commit to the upward call. The upward call is the call to glorify Jesus through our lives and complete the work he gave us to do because he did give us all work to do and make disciples. John 17, four says this, I have glorified you on earth, this is Jesus speaking, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 16, 24 to 25, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And lastly, Luke 14, 28, for which of you, intending to build a tower, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. You see, committing to the call is not a one-time thing. Committing to the call is a lifetime thing because Jesus is constantly calling us into new. He's constantly calling us towards himself and into new which means there are going to be many moments when God is calling you into something else. And I found that when he shares that parable about counting the cost, it was just a couple of months ago, I read it again. And it was the first time I actually realized that he wasn't just telling some people that, they should, that they're called and like, you need to commit to the call. And like, he was actually saying, we're all committed to it, we're all meant to, but I need you to know what it's gonna cost you. Because when you read that the first time, you might think, oh, that's interesting. Some people have enough to go for it, and some people don't have enough to go for it. That's not what he's saying. I believe God is saying, I want you to know what it's gonna cost you because it will cost you. It will cost you everything to follow me. It will cost you the way you see yourself. It will cost you the way you see relationships. It will cost you what the world thinks of you. They might hate you. They might persecute you. They might push you out of their friend circles. They might not invite you to stuff. You might even get fired for following me, but it will be worth it. Because the Bible says anything that we leave behind for him in this life, he will return 100-fold in the next life, no, it doesn't say that. In this life and in the next. You see, God will always call us to pay the price now, knowing that in the future, he is going to bring the harvest of a hundredfold. And I remember first getting saved, and it was pretty easy to be called by God when I first got saved because my life was a total wreck. And I realized all the ways I was doing stuff was not working. It was not working relationally. It was not working financially. It was not working any way. It was actually working backwards. And so it was easy to be like, yes, Jesus, I respond to the call to follow you. Began following him, he starts to fix my life because I engage in obedience and I say, okay God, you wanna fix my, I want you to fix my finances. He says, okay, will you trust me with 10%? Okay, I'll trust you with 10%. Guess what, he started to heal my finances, started to give an offer, he started to heal my finances. Then in relationships, he's like, hey, I need you to, this whole marriage thing, like I I want you to be blessed, I want your relationship to be blessed. So, you know, if you're not dating someone that is equally yoked, meaning they trust me and they are in relation with me, then I need you to rethink that if they're not changing their mind about me because you will be swayed by that. And because I wasn't married yet to someone like that, I had an opportunity to do that. And so I trusted God and I did that. And he said, okay, I don't want you to move in with them. I don't want you to have sex with them before you get married. Okay, I'm gonna change my mind about that. And I know that it's gonna cost me because I've never done that before. I've always lived according to what the world has said, but I want to follow you even though I know the cost. And so I paid that cost and guess what? Now I have the best marriage, the best possible woman in the world. Seven years married in, six years married in February. Seven, it's been so amazing, it feels like, come on. So that was kind of easy. God started healing all these areas of my life, and I was like, great, that call was awesome. Call me again, God, like that was great. But I got comfortable. I got comfortable, I got comfortable in the call that he, and so then the next call was, I want you to serve me. Not just follow me, I want you to serve me. I want you to do what I've called you to do, make disciples, make disciples, and I want you to make my house a priority of yours. My bride, the church, I want you to make that a priority. And so, okay, I could serve, I started you know, serving, I got into a connect group, I, I started showing up, I went to events, I started doing all these things, seeing God move in my life, I said, that was great. And then the next thing was, okay, now I'm calling you, and this is not for everybody, but he asked me to do the internship, or our version of Awaken You coming up, which is our new 2.0, come on, internship. And, uh, and I didn't wanna do that because I was pretty comfortable in my job. I was making a good amount of money there. I was getting into leadership and they're like, we need you here more, not less. You're gonna have to miss time from being in this thing. But God's like, do you want comfort or do you want my call? Will you trust me with the cost so I can bring 100 fold into your life or are you just gonna stay comfortable on this little plateau that you have made home? And so I had to count the cost. I knew it was gonna cost me my job. And it did. But guess what? Within a couple days of applying, God lined up a new job with a lot more money, with flexibility to do the internship, to follow him. Because he had already lined it up because he knew in advance. So if God's calling you to something, whatever the more is, God's already lined it up for you but you've gotta take the step of faith and say, okay, I'm gonna leave behind my lack of faith in 2022. I'm gonna leave behind my doubt in 2022, and I'm gonna step into the new of 2023. God will always call us into more, and it will cost us, but it is 100% worth it because of what he does on the other side. The second thing we need to do is press on towards the goal, or press or be pressed. Once we've committed to, or for some of us, maybe recommitted to the call, it's time to press into the new, identity, the new wineskin needed for God to pour out the new wine. Romans 8.29 says this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Ephesians 4.13-16, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to, be, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up, someone say grow up, up. in all things, into him who is the head, Christ. From the whole body, and then it goes on to say a couple things. You see, God's plan for us is growth and maturity, but he can't grow you. He can't mature you if we don't let him. God's actually said, I want you to grow you. I don't want you to just look to, the pastor, I don't want you to just look to, uh, you know, you're connected. I, don't just, I, I want you to be committed to your maturity. I want you, because at the end of the day, you've got to choose the things that will cause you to grow. Yeah. It's actually really hard to be delivered from dysfunction that we continuously choose. And you can't grow if you're unaware of your blind spots. I remember, uh, you know, when I was, this is pre-saved, so, you know, hold your judgment as you hear all this. I was, uh, you know, I got into good college at, uh, 18 years old. My parents, uh, and grandparents, uh, had saved up a bunch of money for all of us grandkids to go to college, uh, pay for our education, and, uh, and they'd come over from Russia. They had, like, come over from Kiev, from, like, you know, the Holocaust era, and they were, that was the Jewish side, and they had saved up all this money for us to go to school. And, uh, and so, you know, I was, you know, you know, I thought I was gonna be a lawyer since I was, like, seven years old, because that whole side is lawyers, surprise, and, uh, so I was gonna, you know, go get my undergrad, and then I was gonna go to Harvard, and I was gonna do all this stuff, and uh, and then, you know, I got to college, and I took one pre-law class, and I hated it, and the professor was like, "Hey, if you hate this class, don't be a lawyer." And basically, my whole world blew up uh, at 18 years old, and I didn't know what to do. And so, you know, I thought, "Hey, don't I have like a hundred thousand dollars sitting around somewhere? Isn't that mine?" And then I found out it was mine. I could do whatever I wanted with it, even though it wasn't intended for that. And so. I took that money, $100,000, and my uncle and my mom, both of them, warned me, Alex, do not take this money. Even though you have access to it, it will ruin you, it will break you, it, you are not ready for it, and it will hurt you very bad and it will be a big regret. And, uh, and I said, Mom, you don't have the financial results that I want in my life. I'm not listening to you. I said to my uncle, Hall of Fame, financial advisor for Ameriprise, I've been doing it for 40 years, made a lot of people a lot of money, I said, uncle, you don't have the results I'm looking for financially in my life. I'm listening to other people who make a lot more money than you, and so no, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go take this money, and I, I know better what to do with it. Over the course of a year and a half, I blew that $100,000 on a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, Vegas, You know, Europe, I could name a few things. I did go to a Tony Robbins conference, so I tried to improve myself. I walked on hot (laughs) coals. Very interesting experience, yeah, yeah. Left me more confused, probably. And I basically train wrecked my life because I couldn't listen to someone who was showing me a blind spot. I thought I knew better. I thought I knew different. I thought I... Because I was young and, you know, I just thought I knew everything. And, and come to find out, it was the worst approach that I could take if I wanted to set my life up successfully. The Bible says if you walk with the wise, you will become wise. They say that there is wisdom and counsel. And uh, I didn't do that. And from that day forward, I committed to growing more intentional as a leader and to make sure that people could actually speak into my life and allow myself to be coached, to be corrected, to be. And so I decided then that no matter what it was, I was gonna allow pastors, I was gonna allow my connect leaders, I was gonna allow people in my life to know me and to also be able to challenge me. And I think this is a really important thing for us to think of is what areas have we been unteachable in? Pastor Jurgen says, faithfulness, availability, and teachability. You can be faithful all you want, You can grow stuff, you can build stuff, you can dominate, you can even be available. But if you're not teachable, there is a ceiling over our life. And I found that almost every time that there's been a ceiling, it's because I have not been willing or wanting or able to listen to the feedback someone's wanted to give me. And so just take a moment right now, is there something that someone has been trying to point out to you that is not working? and that you are not listening to and that it is time to actually heed some counsel and say, you know what? It's probably worth a conversation because I might be wrong. One of the hardest things to say is I might be wrong. But it's one of the best things that you can ask yourself is what area, as a son, as a daughter, as a husband or a wife, as a father or mother, employer, employee, what is God trying to get to you? And it might be through somebody else. It might be through somebody else. Choose to press towards growth so you don't have to be pressed by it because I can tell you one way or another it will happen mine just happened to happen by being pressed and it was a very painful moment it's a very painful experience so choose to be proactive about your growth and the last step of Paul's process is to forget that which is behind someone say forget it we're about to forget some stuff. I want you to, if you haven't written anything yet, I want you to begin writing during this point. I want you to begin writing on that shredder card because every single one of us, every single one of us, even if it takes 10 minutes as you know, we're shredding cards, I want you to come down at the end of this service and I want you to bring that card and I want you to shred it because these aren't gonna be here Sunday. We're gonna have vision cards on Sunday. So if you come with a shredder card on, on Sunday and you're not ready to see... You don't want to come into the new year with stuff that you should have shredded in 2022. You see, once we've committed to the call and are pressing into the new, we've got to let go of the old. Luke 9.62 says this. Luke 9.62 says this. Here we go. Found it. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. Put off... Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. You see, there's some stuff that it's time to put off. It's time to throw off. It's time to break off. It's time to let go of. But I found it's really hard to let go of stuff and to lay hold of new at the same time. You ever seen like a trapeze artist? They're holding one thing and then they swing and they go to the next thing? You ever you ever saw one that tried to swing but they held on to the first one? Yeah, say you shatter your shoulder, pull yourself apart. They don't do that because that wouldn't work. It would you'd hurt yourself really badly. So the point is, maybe you're hurting because you've been holding on to the new and trying to hold on to the old at the same time. And maybe you actually know the thing you're supposed to lay hold of. You actually know the new person you're supposed to be, but you have yet to let go of the old because it's actually not been something that has hurt you, obviously. It's easy to let go of the dysfunctions that are obvious. It's easy to let go of the stuff that is like hurting you and having no benefit. I found the stuff that's the hardest to let go of is the stuff that actually brings a little bit of strength to me. The stuff that's good, but not God. It's the stuff that's the hardest to see because it's stuff you've lived with since forever. Could there be something that we've held on to as a self-preservation mechanism that in reality is old wineskin that God wants us to let go of? I think one of the most difficult things for me when I first got saved and started becoming aware of my blind spots, started to become aware of the old stuff. I let go of pornography. I let go of using drugs. I let go of overusing alcohol. I let go of being in relationships and using, and I let go of that because that was obviously bad. There was no return on that. And I had tried that stuff for a long time. That I wanted to let go of. But the thing that was the most difficult for me to let go of, the thing that constantly comes back to say you need me is this thing that says Alex you must appear strong and you must not let people see that you are weak and it's one of the most dangerous lies that I believe since I was about nine years old when I was nine years old I lost my dad Uh, it was a pretty traumatic situation and how it went down and I have a little sister about two years younger than me and the way it all happened I had to forego my feelings at the moment when it happened because I had to comfort my sister who saw my dad on the ground and as my mom was trying to perform CPR and call the ambulance and do all the things and although I was freaked out, although I was scared, although I was a mess, I had to put that on hold and I had to comfort her and that continued after the fact for multiple years because anytime my mom would be a little bit late from work because my mom had to work a full-time job and uh Anytime she couldn't get a hold of my mom because there wasn't track, you know, find my iPhone back in those days. She instantly thought my mom was dead because she almost died the year after from the exact same thing my dad did. And so I had to become this safety net for my sister. I had to become this thing and I didn't process my own pain. But because I was helpful, I felt good. And because I was helpful, my mom said, you're a really good boy. Because I was helpful, my mom's friend said, Alex is a really good boy because he comforts his sister. And it became this thing where I was so helpful. I was so good at being needed. I didn't know how to need. I didn't know how to appear weak because if I appeared weak, that meant someone else was going to, that meant someone else was, what if, what if I appeared weak and that led to somebody else dying? I couldn't and it wasn't until about four or five years ago when Pastor Mike Connell came through our church and he came to our staff retreat. How many know that's a party? Oh my gosh. Y'all think we're all perfect. And it was like, oh man, it's just like it looks when he comes here. And I'm thankful our pastors have the strength and the courage and the wisdom to bring in a Pastor Mike Connell, to bring in a deliverance specialist at a staff retreat. You're supposed to be like strategizing and doing all this stuff. And they're like, we're gonna get some people free. Because you can't go into the new if you've still got the old. You can't step into freedom if you're still living with the thing that's been holding you back, holding you down. The Bible says cast off every weight. And so it was that moment that I had a revelation that I had a problem. And that problem was I had a really hard time being real with people that needed me because I didn't wanna be someone that wasn't needed because I didn't know how not to be. I didn't know how to just be a son. I thought all my life that if I was just a servant, if I was just helpful, if I was just really good, then I was loved. And God wanted to heal that because he wants all of us to know that we're loved as we are. If we're fully known, we can actually be fully loved. And so the thing that you might be, just like I was set free from, and you know that, that ended up being a thing multiple times that tripped me up because I let these big things in my life, these little things pile up and all these burdens pile up and I couldn't be real with a Dr. Matt or a Pastor Samuel or my friends because I didn't want to appear weak. And so it was this thing that allowed me to accelerate, this thing allowed me to carry a lot of responsibilities, this thing that allowed me to do a lot of really good stuff, but it was still holding me back from the new. And so I want you to consider as we come to a close, what's the thing that you've been holding on onto that it, because it's actually been helpful to you. The thing that, I, even as I'm speaking, you're like, I don't know how I could actually live without that. I don't actually, it's so much a part of me that I don't know if I could. Friend, tonight, you can write that down and you can let go because God has new. God has something exceedingly, abundantly above all you could ask, think, or imagine. God wants to renew your mind, but it's time to let go of the old. So what old self is God asking us to let go of before we enter 2023? If you're not riding now, you better start riding because we're about to do this. Are there identities that we have latched on to that aren't kingdom? Even if it is how it's always been, what if it does not have to be? What's the addiction? What's the word curse? What's the thing that your parents always said about you that really bugged you? What's the thing that that doctor said in that note that they gave you? What's, what's that thing that that mentor, that teacher, that friend said to you that you haven't been able to shake but you know tonight that thing is about to break? You know tonight you can't go into 2023 with that same thing. What habits have we allowed to hang around that keep us from living God's best for us? And what things have we kept in the dark from those who care for us and want to see us grow in fear of looking like a failure? It's time to let go. It's time to let go, and as we let go, we can actually lay hold of the new, and as we lay hold of the new, we can actually see God's upward call begin to transform us from the inside out, so i love if everyone could stand to your feet, stand to your feet, grab your card, lift your hands, and, and just begin, even as I start praying, as you feel ready, I want you to begin walking down I want you to begin walking down. We're going to begin to shred. We want you to come forward. There's shredders right here. You're going to just drop it in. A ministry team member is going to put their hand on your shoulder and just pray powerfully and quickly for you. But this is a moment of encounter. And do not leave tonight without coming down with your shredder card. The worship team is going to play a song. And we're going to go out. Father, I thank you that tonight, tonight, the old is gone. The old is gone. The old is gone. The old is buried. Father, we thank you that tonight is a funeral for all the dead things. It's a funeral for all the stuff the devil tried to take us out with. It's a funeral for all the word curses. It's a funeral for all the diagnosis. It's a funeral for all the negative limiting beliefs. Father, we thank you that you are the one who frees those who are repressed. Father, we declare freedom now in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare physical supernatural emotional mental healing now in the name of jesus father we thank you that as we let go of the old you would begin to show us the new for vision sunday we break off generational curse we break off poverty we break off depression we break off anxiety we let go of the stuff that's helped us but has not been your best father we let go of ways of thinking that are not yours we let go of everything that has been subpar. We let go of mediocre. We let go of settling. We let go of seeing ourselves as just barely going to make it. It's just barely going to get by. That's just barely good enough. Father, we declare these are sons and daughters of the Most High King, that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your Holy Ghost to fill every person, to anoint, to shred, to break in the name of Jesus. And everybody said,
0: Amen. Wow.